0: Big story in Toronto today, the September 2021 deadline for the Eglinton Crosstown LRT has now been pushed back, Metrolinx has confirmed, to sometime in 2022. Here's our friend, author, and Toronto transit advocate, Steve Monroe. He joins us now for more here on Global News Radio. Steve, good afternoon. Good afternoon.
1: First of all, uh, what's going on here? Uh, Why the delay? Well, according to Metrolinks, the delay is because there are conditions that they've discovered um, in the existing Young Street subway structure at Eglinton that they didn't expect to run into that uh, are making the work of, of building the new line underneath the subway more complicated than they had thought. Uh, I'll take that at face value. There are probably other issues along the line than, than just that one location, but uh, in any event there has been there have been rumblings for some time that the that there was no way that they were going to hit the the uh, original date for opening the Eglinton line. And um Metrolink has said, No, 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 it's going to open on time, it's going to open on time and now they've finally confirmed, well, no, it's not going to open on time.
0: Yeah, well listen, it's a massive a nearly twenty kilometer project, so yeah. was this timeline too aggressive? And if so, why?
1: Well, the I mean this is it's funny uh you can read it either way, because this is not the first rapid transit project that has been late because of unforeseen circumstances um, the uh, The irony, of course, is that by doing it as a uh, public private partnership where the whole responsibility for designing the line and getting it you know built on time was part of the deal that, oh, gee, look, we have found something that we didn't expect to, and and things have gone longer. I mean, we, we went through this with the Spadina extension to Vaughan, where the line was late for a variety of reasons. And you could do finger pointing to individual contractors. You could do finger pointing at TTC design decisions. Uh, the The point is that there are things that happen along the way, and just 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 saying you're going to push the responsibility for this out onto the contractor. it it ain't gonna happen,
0: so. Yeah, would you like to see some concrete answers as to uh, why this is gonna take uh, more than a year, perhaps more than a year longer than originally proposed? Because, you know, I would think part of the planning in this, if you're a professional planner, is to build this sort of thing in these so-called unforeseen circumstances, because no project, particularly one this big and this massive, ever just runs perfectly from start to finish.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely, I think there, there needs to be a better accounting for what happened. One of the points Metrolinx has made is that the contractor started nine months late. And this is you know after the contract is signed, and they're all supposed to start, and it just kind of sat there for a while. Well, wait a minute, this does not sound like a contractor who is who is you know fast off the mark to to get their work done but there's a there's a more general problem here uh that the effects a lot of projects that Metrolinx is looking at, uh, like the Go Transit expansion, the Ontario line of course, which we hear a great deal about, and it does have a very aggressive timetable. There's this idea that somehow you can just kind of push responsibility for the, the timelines out the door and magically the line will get built because we all know the private sector does everything better than the public sector. Well, it doesn't always work that way. And in fact, um, as has been mentioned in in recent newspaper articles, uh, the construction industry is starting to push back on Metrolink, saying, hey, you're wanting to take, you're wanting us, the, the builders, to take on more responsibility than we realistically are willing to do for the money you want to pay us.
0: Now, do you think that's because politics is involved uh, here, Steve, and uh, to sell this uh, to the public? I mean, again, these are massive uh, projects that if you gave what might be a little bit of a more realistic timeline that uh, something is going to take five years instead of, I don't know, 3.5, three and a half years, it might not be as palpable or sellable uh, to the taxpayer, to the public?
1: Oh yeah this this is this is not unusual the the delivery times are as much a question of politics you know when do i need this to open for you know, ie when am i running to be reelected um as it is uh you know realistic uh design and engineering work uh, there, I mean, and it works both ways because um, you may rem- I, don't, I don't want to drag up the our old friend the Scarborough subway, <laughs> but one of the one of the things that kept happening in the discussion of building the subway versus building an LRT line to replace the, the existing Scarborough RT was that mysteriously the estimated length of time it was going to take to replace the SRT with a with an LRT line kept getting longer and longer and longer as the debate went on so that there was there was this oh my god we're going to have no no rapid transit in Scarborough for 2 years 3 years maybe 4 years and that was part of the argument in favor of the subway that, that the length of time for a shutdown of the RT to replace it you know, in the same place. So it, it cuts both ways. And and the decision you have to scratch your head and say is the decision to say it would take longer than you originally estimated. Was that a political decision, just as the the whole idea that somehow we're going to build the Ontario line? from exhibition up to the Science Center and get it open in 2027, although they're now hedging their bets and saying, uh, you know, as early as 2027, uh, whether that's realistic and whether the date is as much a case that, uh, you know, we, we got to show that, that that, you know, my plan is going to be better than somebody else's plan.
0: You're a transit advocate, Steve Monroe. We're discussing the Eglinton Crosstown LRT, which has faced another setback, and delayed now until sometime in 2022. Uh, also wondering whether or not we need a real good examination of these uh, contracts. Uh, you mentioned a second ago, Steve, that uh, construction was delayed or didn't get started by some nine months. I mean, are there penalties in place? I mean, when we uh, do business with and contract a construction firm, I mean, one of those things we count on them is to be able to deliver and to start on time, and if you you can't. Are there penalties for that? Do we know?
1: Well, of course, MetroLink never releases the, the details of their contracts with with the private sector suppliers. This is this is part of the. It, it, it's one of the great mysteries of of the whole three P concept is that um, the the one thing we don't get to see are the details of what's been actually agreed to, and so we don't know how many, uh, what kind of uh, penalties there were, or whether the assumption simply was that, um, you know, they, they were, their feet will be held to the fire at the end of the contract, and they say, well, yeah, we were late starting, but we can make it up. I mean, that's that's if if there weren't time, you know, like sort of checkpoints built into the contract that say you must get this far by, you know, by 2010, 2011, 2012, you know, and so on. Um, If we don't know whether those were in the contract to begin with. We don't know whether there was any basis for penalizing them other than at the very end. And now, now you're in the interesting position where the contractor can say, well, you want it open earlier. Oh, well, it's going to cost you. And, but, and then we say, well, well, but you have a contract. And they'll say, well, yes, but you didn't tell us about this condition of the Young Street subway structure that you didn't know about. So that's that's the state we're at right now is haggling over, you know, whether whether we can pay more to make it happen faster or whether, you know, it's just uh, these things happen and we got to eat it.
0: Yeah. It's just finally, the Metrolink statement says the new date is 2022. Now, yeah. I don't know about you, Steve, but last time I checked, there's 365 days in that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, should they have picked one? <laughs>
1: I think they're being very careful. The problem you have is that there's an election in 2022, and who gets to cut the ribbon depends on what date the, the, uh, the line opens. So um, now I'm, you can see. I'm assuming there that there might be a different government in place. So there's there's going to be a real political pressure to have that line open while the current government is still in a position to say, "Look what we did," and you know get get all the photo ops. Whereas if it happens, if the line doesn't open until fall of 2022, well, the current government might be around, and the current government might not be around, and that's. I think there's probably some hand-wringing at-, at Queen's Park about that.
0: Steve Monroe. Steve, appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much for breaking you this down for very us. You're
1: welcome.